0: So I'm going down the rabbit hole. I thought, well, I'm going to get a food allergy test, you know? And so it came back positive to not just cow dairy, but all dairy, sheeps and goat milk and everything. And I just, so that was like, I was already thinking about doing it. And that was really the nail in the coffin for me. Um, So I gave it a try. And sure enough, I mean, just in a matter of weeks, I literally couldn't believe it. My skin was totally clear. Um all the other issues had gone away and so i was i was just totally sold and um it was was a bit more twofold than that i guess when you start looking you find a lot more (laughs) you find the more i learned about the meat industry and the dairy industry you know you don't ever think we we know about the meat industry and we know that the way the animals are treated but you don't think that it's the same in the dairy industry and when i found out that it's gosh it's almost worse so that became just another reason I thought uh, this I, I just can't do this anymore yeah.
1: What's up, Yogi Triathlete community? Welcome back to the show. We are Jess and Vijay, and we're on a mission to create a better world. Part of the way we do that is by sharing meaningful conversations with the endurance sports world, interviews that we believe dive under the surface chat of the status quo, which we choke on, to allow the essence of our guests to shine through. The main ingredients of a better world, we believe, is living more of our unique truth, which allows us to be more of who we are because there is no one like you, no one like me, and no one like our guest today. And when we live more of who we are And show our light to the world We experience a life of less trying Because at the end of the day It takes no effort to be who you truly are Perfect and powerful Christine Warren is with us today And from the very little I have uncovered about her I'm convinced she is somebody Who continues to live her great truths And purpose in life First as a classical musician And now as a top age group Plant-based triathlete and nutritionist She and I literally met Via Instagram just a few days ago when she commented on a post of mine, the name sounded familiar. Actually, she doesn't know this. Uh, so a few clicks later, I realized I had been inadvertently tracking her all day at Ironman 70.3 Arizona as I was tracking our friend Brittany, who happens to be in the same age group. I loved her energy from those exchanges we had, and I did a little more digging, which led me to her website, her story, and soon I was left with a call in my heart to invite her on the show. So here we sit, sharing the mic with Christine just days after she claimed her first Ironman podium, which got her one step closer to her goal of winning her own age group, at a 70.3. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. I have no idea where it's going to go. I'm following an intuitive hit. And well, that thing has never steered me wrong. So I'm feeling yet another epic chat on the horizon. And that said, let's dive in. Christine,
0: welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure.
1: So uh, first of all, congratulations on your first podium, and we're going to get into your race experience, but we want to know a little bit about, and you have, you've detailed it so well on your website, but for those of you who haven't read that, um, there's a little bit about some broken ankles and not taking your body for granted anymore, and, and those beautiful broken ankles somehow led you to the top tier of your age group in triathlon. So how did that all begin?
0: Yeah, thank you. Uh, Definitely, um, yeah, (laughs) a weird story (laughs) how I got here. But uh, yeah, I grew up in Houston and um, I was a musician my whole life. And um, I did sports a little bit as a kid. I did swim, like summer swim team and loved that. Uh, Did tennis. Uh, My sister and I were really into horseback riding. So nothing really, you know, I wasn't like a big sports kid um nothing certainly triathlon related, but um, yeah, so I did music uh come college, got my bachelor's and master's in music, and then I moved out to l a that's how I ended up out there to pursue my music career um fast forward, yeah, so the horseback riding has been a part of my life, and um, I met my husband, and he thought, yeah, you know it's time, like let's get some horses. We didn't have horses at the time, so we got our two beautiful horses and uh, both, I broke both of my ankles due to the same horse. <laughs> so, um, December of what was it? 2015, I guess I it was the first time I broke the, my right ankle. And I was just, I was out for a ride by myself and nothing major happened. I was just coming home and I'd actually forgotten to tighten my cinch down, which was, you know, duh, <laughs> but I'm coming up the hill and the horse spooked and Um, I didn't want to fall off and I was on concrete and I didn't want to fall on my arm because that would mean mean that I couldn't play my instrument at all. So I thought, okay, like I have to jump off. So I jumped off, just landed wrong, broke the ankle. And um, yeah, I'd never broken a bone before and especially not something like an ankle where literally like you can't do much of anything. Um, just like all the things that you kind of take for granted and walking you know showering going to the bathroom getting dressed all of these things um, are kind of taken away so I was sitting around um, just thinking god like I've really just not been using my body Uh, and so I vowed when I got well i thought i'm i'm going to do something i don't know what it is but i'm going to find it and I, i'm gonna, i'm going to i'm going to do something i'm going to i'm going to get fit i'm going to use my body i'm i'm i've got to do something and uh, i was i think i was clicking around on facebook and i saw an ad pop up for orange theory fitness <laughs> and i thought i thought okay well they'll give you a free class so i thought all right i'll go to orange theory fitness whatever that is so i go and i thought oh well, yeah I'm not like i didn't think i was an athlete but i certainly thought that I would be able to get through a workout. And, um, I was You so- clearly didn't know anything about Orange Theory no. Fitness. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. uh, which maybe is a good thing or it might not have gone. <laughs> but, uh, I was so, so I literally was so sore. I couldn't, I could hardly move for three days afterwards. And I was like, that was awesome. Like, okay, let's keep going to this. And, uh, yeah, they they have the treadmill component of it. So, uh, I liked that. I liked the running. And, um, that summer I thought I'm going to do a 5k. I don't know if I can run three miles, but shoot, like, let's do it. Let's just like do a race, do a 5k. And, uh, I showed up, I, I did, I did a little bit of outside running, you know, off the orange theory treadmill and showed up and I ended up winning my age group of maybe 50 women. And that was sort of like, that was a really pivotal moment for me. And it sounds silly, but when they gave me my little medal, I, I cried. I was, it was the first, and I realized and thinking about it afterwards, it was the first time in so long that I felt like, I was like, I actually won something. I did this work and I worked hard and like, I want, like I, I did something. I won and nobody can take that away from you. So that was really cool. Uh, fast forward a few months later, I was supposed to do a half marathon and the weekend before that, um, the same horse were out and he trips and he falls all the way down. Um, and he rolls over. So my leg got stuck under the saddle and he rolled over and I knew instantly I knew, um, it was, it was 10 months after I'd broken the first one. And I just knew, I I knew that I'd broken it again. And, uh, I was devastated because I had been in such a bad place with the first ankle and I was thinking I have to d-. things were going so well and I was loving running and I was so excited about feeling like I was getting started on this journey and then it was all just in a second take it I I knew exactly what place I was going back to and mm. oh it was it was devastating that second time around was was even tougher um but yeah I mean it's truly thinking about it now I don't know if I would be doing triathlon if I hadn't, if that hadn't happened to me. So, you know, my husband always tells me everything happens for a reason. That horse came into our life for a reason and that accident happened for a reason. And it's truly like the greatest accident. (laughs) That's, if you can say that, it's, it's one of the best things that's ever happened to me in my life because that, those, that second one in particular, Just got me, you know, got the fire burning.
1: Yeah. So you were saying like the second one was even tougher than the first one, but it it sounds like it stoked your fire and increased your desire to get back out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, because I was, so I was like, okay, running was great, but like you're sitting around then thinking okay, now I've really got to do something epic <laughs> when I can, you know, let's, let's God, just go out there and find an even bigger challenge when I can walk again, when I can run again. I loved swim team as a kid and I was, I was missing that swimming. And I was like, well, I like running, I like swimming. Let's do a triathlon.
2: <laughs> Could you pull anything from that first? Cause it was the same ankle, right?
0: It was the other ankle. So, okay. So other uh, ankle, same horse. Same, same horse. <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah.
2: So, yeah. could you pull anything? I know that the second time around your initial thought is like, "Oh God, not again, but could you pull anything away from that first incident that helped you the second time around? Or were you just <sighs> buried under grief and, and disappointment and frustration?
0: Oh, man, uh, maybe a little of both i I knew, yeah, because I had known what yeah, the place that I was... Wanting to let myself go. And I was thinking that cannot, I can't do that again. I can't put myself there. I can't, it's incredibly hard on your partner too. I can't put my husband there. Like it's just, yeah, I, I, I guess I tried to be more positive. I, um, <laughs> I actually on my crutches, I went out and I volunteered at the trail races instead of running. And I was like, well, I can't run, but I'll do something. I'll at least try to be active in the community and be a part of it until. Until I can run again. So um, yeah, I I guess I I did I just tried to be positive and just know what the process. I I'd, I'd just been through the process. So um, but there definitely were moments where I thought, what like why 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 is this happening? I did, but um, yeah, I didn't know what was in store for me at the time. Mm. But um, yeah, I guess the second time, uh, yeah, a little of both. I was I was still kind of in a dark place, but I knew. Um, the process at least.
1: And what you just said, like, I didn't know what was in store for me. And you kind of like, you made this gesture, like, (laughs) you know, like, oh my gosh, like, had I, had I known? And if we can just increase our ability to trust that, like your husband said, that everything happens for a reason. And I would even expand on that and say that everything happens for us and for our greatest good, even if it feels like broken bones and devastation, that it is for us, and um, yeah, did you, because of this, because you've got this sight now of like, my gosh, this is the the greatest gift, this horse was a gift came to my into my life. Do you feel like it has allowed you to trust more?
0: That's a good question, and I would say yes, but not just in in that particular process, but just in what I've learned about myself through triathlon. And it's just, it's helped me evolve so much as a person. And it's given me, like, I've never really been a confident person in my life. And especially when you're in the music industry, Uh, you're an artist and art is subjective and you're always subject to, to criticism. And, um, you know, you, you can think that your music is beautiful, but somebody else can tell you that it's not. So, um, yeah, triathlon really, yeah, just showed me something different and sort of allowed me to remember that I'm not just this musician. I can, I'm something else too and um yeah sort of allowed me to untangle myself from that and just um pay attention to who i was outside of being a musician and now i could you know be this athlete and so it t- it taught me a lot and yeah i get, i i would certainly say that that, that was one of the things that it has taught me
1: And I think to be a musician, like to be an artist like that, to be any kind of uh, creator in this way where we're creating like what's what's moving through us, like you're creating and you're playing and it's moving through you. So it's going to have your your unique twist to it like that requires a lot of courage and bravery. But I think what you're kind of shining a light on is that we can be courageous and brave, but we can also be insecure about it, too.
0: Yeah, it's it's so funny because courageous and brave were two things that I never felt as a musician. Mm. But I guess you're right. Yeah, it 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 certainly does, but there's always and especially for me, I think like I'm kind of a shy person anyway, so there there always was that insecurity about mm. is it is it really good enough?
1: And then you do this 5k and you win your age group and nobody's saying like oh well you could have gone faster and your your stride lengths could have been better yep. or whatever they're just like here's your medal
0: exactly that's exactly it i thought nobody can can take that away from me nobody can say that i didn't cross the finish line in that amount of time you know you you do the work and you get the results and that's it <laughs> and then you work harder and you see more results and uh yeah, it's, it's, it didn't ever feel like that in, in my music career. Mm.
2: Do you find similarities in the, in the, in the lead up and work that you put into being a musician and transferring that to your path now with triathlon?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think there are a lot of lessons that music taught me actually. Yeah. There's a lot of correlations I think in the way, um, the training works and even the performing works, um, that are very similar. And I think I do credit music for, I guess, teaching me that, uh, how how to work hard. And it's the same thing with music. You spend a lot of time in a little practice room all by yourself and it's you and it's the instrument. And so you have to be comfortable with that and you have to be your own teacher and you have to, you have to do the work or you don't see the results. So I'd say that definitely translated, um, over to triathlon and, uh, yeah, there are a lot of similar, similar aspects in just if, if doing, doing the work regardless of sometimes what the outcome is and knowing that at the end of the day, you've done the work and, and that's that.
2: Yeah, the the doing the work, we, yeah. we like to, to say it, doing the work for the sake of the work, not for the fruits of the yeah. action. So if you truly love what you do and are passionate about what you do, you could go and do it all day without any acknowledgement or, um, or a prize or anything like that. And getting to that level of, I mean, we're all working towards that level, I think, where we can do what we love no matter what. Happens regardless of the end result, then we're all going to find joy and happiness and more satisfaction in what we're actually doing in the moment. So the, the time in the room alone, the time on the trainer, like with your thoughts and just Mm -hmm. hammering away the time when you're out this weekend on that run course and the heat is, is starting to increase and it's just you and, and you're and and that foot strike and what can you do next? Like Mm -hmm. just be in that joy. Do you find a lot of joy? Being in that, being in that environment. In triathlon? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, trem- yes. Tremendous. Or I think I wouldn't continue to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it's, but it's funny too, because. In the beginning, it's kind of scary to be out there, you know, with yourself. I think a lot of us, and especially in this world, like we have so much stimulation and there's so much opportunity to, even when you are alone, you, you, you don't, you don't have to be alone ever anymore. So, uh, yeah, at first it's a little scary. And then you're in your head a lot, like those little thoughts. And, um, but then, yeah, I think when you can find, that place of joy where you do enjoy being alone and you do enjoy the conversations that you have with yourself, <laughs> then yeah, it, it it does become an incredibly joyful thing.
2: And you were probably scared, I'm assuming, when you started to pick up the instrument and were there for the first time, like, Oh my god, how am I ever gonna play this? Would you say that's true?
0: Yeah. Oh, I, yes. I will never forget getting, um, the instrument I play is the oboe. I'd played piano before that as a kid, but then I decided oboe was going to be my music path and I will never forget trying to play a scale the first week and just like, oh, my poor family. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh gosh. And oboe's oboe is, is a little bit harder. It has the double read on it. So it took, it took a long time and there were, similarly, probably tri- triathlon or, or whatever path you're in, you, there, there are so many moments of doubt along the way too. When you think, is this really what I want to do? Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it always comes back to that joy that we just yeah. talked about. And at the end of the day, it's worth it. Well,
2: that's it. That's, so that's the thread right there. It's no matter what we pursue, what, something new that we pursue, we're always going to be f- we're going to have some sense and level of fear. We're going to have some sense and level of doubt no matter what it is. So we can either, we have two choices. We can either allow that to keep us away from trying something new, or we can continue like you just said in the music and triathlon, continue to, to meet these experiences, feel the fear, feel the doubt, notice that, but, but choose to keep moving forward to see if you can find some joy in it. And so that's, that's, that's the moment. That's the growth right there when you can see that and appreciate that because you can apply it to anything that you come across. The moving across, you know, to Dallas, the 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 job, um, your ankles—like it doesn't matter what it is. You you can keep pulling that thread of okay, well, this is just like before. It was unknown. It was fearful, and I'm gonna move forward. And that's powerful.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then accepting it as kind of a challenge. To uh, yeah, not not let it get the best of you, and and then challenging yourself. Okay, well, what what can I do? What am I in control of here? And how do I make the best of it?
1: Yeah. So let's talk about your triathlon career. Your first triathlon I believe was in 2017 and you had great success. You finished fifth overall, you qualified for your age group <laughs> nationals. So it's like, were you like, whoa, okay. I found I was good at running and uh, I can swim and now I can do this too. You put all three together. So where does it go from there?
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's also important to say, cause I think this is hilarious and I like to laugh at myself, but, um, I showed up on that day and looked at the ocean and just started bawling. (laughs) I was so, my husband was like, no, don't cry. Like you can do this. And I just, you know, I was, I was just like terrified and excited and full of nerves. And so I was like standing there on the start line crying, but um, yeah, once I got going, it worked out, (laughs) but I just, that's awesome. (laughs) Oh yeah. But um, yeah, you know, I, I had done a free program out in Long Beach and I'd rented the bike and the wetsuit and stuff. Cause I thought, well, you know, I, I think I will like this, but let's see if I do really like it. And I'm, and I'm good at it and I want to work hard at it. And yeah, after that first race, I was just on that, that high, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm woo, done with the race and I love it. Um, so I hired a local coach immediately because I knew, um, yeah, that I really wanted to be serious about it. So I started there and um, yeah, the path became, uh, I guess, moving up to Olympic distance because I wanted to do, I did eight group nationals, I guess, that first year. Um, and that was a good experience. And then I was very, very intimidated by Iron Man, very intimidated. Everybody said, oh, what are you going to do, you know, a half or a full? And I said, well, never. I mean, I can't do that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, eventually, though, I kind of was like, well, the more the more comfortable I got with it, I thought, OK, maybe I can do this. So, um, I made, I made another coaching change by that point. Um, the, uh, my coach was fine, but I, I wanted to, um, at that point I thought, okay, now I, I really want to be serious about this. I want to dedicate more time. I want to get a better bike, um, do the whole deals, see what I can do. So I found a great coach and, uh, he kind of said, I said, well, I want to do age group nationals, but I want to do this half Ironman thing too. And he's like, well, you know, you should probably focus on one over the other. And so I thought, well, you know, I will try half Ironman. I will just try it because I knew also the way that I'm built. I'm not built for speed. <laughs> that is not my forte. So I knew, and I wanted to be competitive. I'm a, I'm a competitive person. So I knew that that Olympic distance was just too fast. For me, I was, I was not, I don't think I was ever really going to get to the, um, top of that. So, but I knew I thought, well, half marathon, that's everything is just a step lower. I thought, well, maybe this distance will be a little bit better for me. Um, so yeah, prepared for Oceanside in what was that? Twenty was that twenty nineteen? Oh my gosh, it was last year. Yeah, so ocean. Was side. that your first
1: half Ironman? Was last year? It was, yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> first time they had it in the ocean in a long time.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. There was some good right. waves in there too. I remember I we were there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I'd been practicing. Uh, so I was in Orange County at the time. So um, it was okay. But yeah, so Ironman. Uh, Oceanside last year, 2019, was my first half. And I, same thing, just loved it. Love, love, love. So that, that was it. <laughs> I was hooked.
1: And then you qualified for Nice last year, but did you qualify at Oceanside? Because you, qual- you did Santa Rosa too, right?
0: I did. Uh, my second race was Chattanooga, oh, actually. Chattanooga. And, and that's where I qualified. Yeah. Awesome. Which was just beyond, I had no no idea. I got a roll down slot, but I thought, Oh my gosh, it like was not even on my radar.
1: What did you place in your age group at Chattanooga? I was sixth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just for those people who are like outside the podium, going, "Will I ever get a roll down?" Like it's possible. <laughs> yeah. You'll get a yes, roll down. Yeah, a hundred percent. You'll get one. Yes, you play sixth long enough, you're gonna get one.
0: <laughs> I actually, well, yeah, I I placed sixth at La Quinta, and that's I got another roll down spot to Telpo, which is not happening. But um, so yes, yeah, sixth place, you can get a you can get a roll down. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: So you went and raced world championship last year in Nice. How did that go?
0: Oh, man. That, gosh, that was just an experience of a lifetime. I, man, I still get chills when I think about it. It was just so fantastic to do that. Um, I was not... And I will claim, I think I'm still not a, a great biker. Um, that's definitely my weakness and it's something I'm still working on. So I went in with a little bit of a different mindset. I was not there to, you know, get on the podium. It just wasn't going to happen. That bike course was so killer. Um, so I just went and I wanted to do my best. Um, I wanted to make it up the bike course, like at all. That was <laughs> definitely a concern if I could even do it. Um, but wow, what an experience. Um, I had a really good race. The water was beautiful. The bike course was, av- I mean, who gets to you know, race in the French mountainside? It was just unreal. It was man. I, I loved it.
1: How did you feel like, I mean, it sounds like you have a high level of joy and gratitude. And were you, did you feel good about your results and your times and all of that?
0: I did. I mean, I was, I think, a hundred and thirtieth, maybe. So that's nothing to write home about. But I thought, well, I, I was just proud that I did it. I was just proud to have gone, and I was proud. I will tell you that the most incredible thing about that race is that the seventy to seventy-four year old women went, um, the age group before me. So we're climbing the Col de Vons with these seventy-year-old women that are just laughing and having a good time and making jokes, and I was like, this is. Literally what it's all about is like doing this race with 70-year-old women. And I was like, if I can be that badass when I'm 70, Mm. oh my gosh, like that's what this sport is about. So that I think that is the coolest moment about that race for me. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And being so competitive, how do you work through that relationship of not getting attached to the times? Because Jess just asked you flat out and you were just like joy, (laughs) like so happy. But how do you work that process of not getting attached to to numbers, but being competitive and doing your best. How do you do that?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I think for me at the end of the day, it always comes down to besting myself. And so even going into this race at Arizona, of course I I had been, I had been sixth place at my last three races. So of course I wanted to be fifth place. That was definitely on my mind, but that wasn't, I wasn't thinking, I have to get on the podium. I have to get on the podium. I was thinking, I want to, if I can get a few more watts out of my bike, that's a win. If I can, uh, focus on not losing my breath in the swim and, and staying calm and keeping my catch deep, that was the win for me of that race. And on the run, yeah, if I could, you know, if that, that one for me, I, I love the run. So I was like, oh yeah, if I could PR myself, that'll be great. <laughs> great. But um I think, yeah, all competitiveness aside, at the end of the day, for me, it's it's in it's the competition with myself. So I think I would be more if I'm if I got on the podium, if I won the age group, but I hadn't felt like I had performed my best or I hadn't um you know, performed at the, the capabilities I felt that I had, I would be disappointed.
1: Mm. Yeah. And I love all those little wins, right? And we, and we know this, like we've heard this before. It's like, it's the little wins, but like, if my catch is deep, that's a win. If I can eke out a couple more Watts, that's a win. And, um, I love that because then you've get, you get these victories all along the way and you get little celebrations all along the way. I hear BJ talk to our athletes about that <laughs> all the time, like celebrating all the time. Every workout's a celebration. There's little victories yeah. everywhere in our life. Like it, the three of us got up today and all of our lin, limbs were working. Like that's, we've already won, yeah, yeah. you know, like hell, we've right. already won. Um, so let's, uh, we can jump to, or let's jump to Arizona. Let's, cause it's so fresh and um during during the race at all, did you have any moments where before we got it turned on, the, hit the record button, we were kind of talking about that little voice in the head. Did mm-hmm. you have any of that little voice in the head that you kind of had to contend with at all during the day? And how do you do that?
0: Badly at this race.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good question then.
0: <laughs> Good question. And I think I was I was so nervous for this race. And I think it was a lot of things... Um, we had just moved, you know, there's the chaos of moving. I just started with a new coach in October. Um, I had a new bike. Uh, I hadn't raced since December of last year. There was just so many things I wanted to do well. I had no idea what was going to happen. I took two months off over the summer and I thought either this d- horribly will h- h- hurt me and affect me or, or it'll be fine. Um, so I was super nervous. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I think th- the swim and the bike went pretty well. And I think um dealing with that voice comes down to for me at least is practicing dealing with that voice. So during my training, I don't I don't usually listen to music or listen to anything. I don't ever run with music. Um, because I want to be present and I want to like go through that process and have those thoughts. And then it's, it's, I feel like that's the mental training that's just as important as, okay, you're on a run and you rem- remind yourself of those physical cues. Okay. Foot placement and being tall and arms or, or whatever they may be for you. But you have to also practice the mental cues of when you have that thought, what are you going to replace it with? How do you? How do you, because they're going to happen. You can't go out and say that you're not going to have those thoughts. Or, well, maybe somebody can, but they're, uh, I don't know. They're lying. (laughs) Yeah, they're They're lying. It happens to everyone. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I think, I think it's something that you just have to practice as much as you do the physical part of it. So for me in Arizona, the run was really tough. Um, It was hot. It was dusty. It was lonely. You'll probably agree that backside. I mean, at one point, I had to ask somebody if I was going the right way. There was nobody out there. So it's very lonely, lonely course. Um, and that's when those thoughts, you know, they keep telling you to stop or slow down or you, you could stop. Yeah, you could just stop right now. You could slow down. Um, and I, it, I think like the minute you have them, at one point I, I saw my husband, I said, I, I think I went out too hard. And I was like, no, you, I had to, so immediately I was, I, even sometimes I speak out loud to myself and I just said, you did not go out too hard. You, you know, yeah, your legs hurt, but you, you don't have to slow down. And so it's just learning how to replace them and, and literally just not letting, giving into it Um, and just saying, well, I'm just, I, you just have to keep going.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where we really need to apply our will, right? That same will yeah. that gets us out of bed when we when it's like chillier outside and the bed's like for whatever reason ten times more comfortable than it's ever been, you know. <laughs> we have to use our will to get our butts out of bed and get it going and and we really have to use that will. I do the same thing that you do, like I'll talk outside to my talk aloud yeah. out, out to myself and I'll be like, let it go. Like let it go, and then the voice is like, "No, you can't let it go because of a hundred different reasons. Why? No, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. Like I will do, I will replace all those thoughts with just three words: let it go. Just let it go. Don't don't listen to that. You know, it's not true. It's not true. It's the true. The truth is going to be whatever I believe it to be.
0: Mm Hmm. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And um, I would say. 95% of my run was that conversation (laughs) was just the battle. (laughs) There was, I wouldn't have, it's funny. I wrote, I remember telling my coach and writing in my race report, uh, that even though this run was a PR for me, I would not call this my best run. It didn't feel good. I didn't feel strong. Um, yeah, so there's, there's sometimes it seems so much more mental than it is actually even physical,
1: Yeah. And there's so much more to it than the time. There's so much more going on than just the time. And the time is just one data point, you know, and to hang our hat on a time and push, you know, the experience aside. I think, you know, we'd be remiss to do that. We got to take it all in.
2: What did you take away from the run? Because I, I, to that, to that, you know not having the quote good run like i i feel we learn so much more from the runs that we and i'm just talking specifically running because it's your jam but when it's not when it doesn't come to that perfect execution what can you pull away from it what did you pull away from Sunday's run
0: i think just that i am capable of more that run for me was kind of a huge, I, I was trusting that my training and my legs and my body were going to do it when my mind was kind of saying, Eek, I don't know if we can do this. So for me, it was just a great reinforcement that I could do it. I could do it even when it didn't feel good. Even when I wanted to stop, even when I wanted to cry, I did it and I didn't stop. So it's just like, yeah, You, you, you did it. Um, and just, but, but also a chance to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, well you, you did this and it didn't feel great. Now, what can you do when you do feel good or, or, or next time around, how do we, how do we grow, uh, from this experience and go back to training and, and yeah, make it, make it better for the next time.
1: Did you know that you were in a podium spot position?
0: Um, I did, yeah, because actually the people at the aid stations were telling me what place I was in. as I came through. <laughs> Thanks for that. That's Mom's pretty here. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then my mom did tell me, I thought I was in sixth place, actually. Um, The last I heard I was in sixth place and my husband said, you got to pick it up. And I was like, mm. <laughs> that's when I told him I said, I think I went out too hard. So uh, I actually did not know that I was in fourth. Um, I thought I was in sixth.
1: And so when did you, when did you find out that you had claimed your first podium? Was that at the finish line or before that?
0: Yeah, it wasn't until I saw my husband at the, at the end of the finish line that he told me. Nice. How'd that feel? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I, (laughs) it's great. Um, it was so bittersweet though, because I knew there were no awards, Yeah. And, uh, so it's like, oh, this is amazing. I broke my sixth place streak. And yeah, it's fantastic. I, I, that was my goal for the year was to get on the podium. I wanted to get my first podium. So. It was great. Yeah. But I'm um, also sad. <laughs> I told my husband, I said, Can you make me a podium and just give me an award? So I, I know.
1: That? I know. You know, Beach got his first podium last year at Santa Cruz. And on the way home, he got sixth place this year. And I said, Well, you know, at least you got to stand on the stage. So, which you yep. did not get to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Eh. Yeah, that's COVID.
1: <laughs> yeah, so speaking of our our the guru of COVID, um how do you feel like cuz we've been getting a lot of questions, maybe you have as well. How did you feel like Iron Man did in um navigating all the COVID restrictions and and how did it feel as an athlete?
0: Yeah, I f- I felt like they did a great job and I saw one post from Triathlete Mag on, I think it was Instagram in particular, and people were just bashing them. And yeah. I thought, what? I First of all, these people weren't there. Um, they're just going <laughs> off a picture. But um, I, I really, uh, I think they did a great job. I never felt unsafe. They had so many protocols in place, um, even down to having... Um, gloves at the bike pumps in the mornings, I mean they just they went over and beyond. I thought the whole process was very easy, very well done. Um, they want to get back to racing just as badly as everybody else does and um, it's I think people have been really hard on them, but they 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 're a business too they were struggling just like everybody else and um, they could have canceled all these races and just not given our money back, but they, but they didn't. Um, so, but, but yeah, I think, I think they did a great job. I thought everything was literally, I can't think of another thing that they could have done better. Um, I felt safe. My family felt safe as spectators. Um, and I, I thought they did a great job.
1: Yeah. I, I, we totally agree with that too. And I agree with you too, that, um, people have been a little. Harsh yeah. on Ironman this year. It's like like Ironman has this personal vendetta against athletes or something like that. And so that would be something that I would say, let it go. Mm-hmm. Let it go. Because it is also the very business that allows so many of us to pursue dreams and realize those and reach our goals and get out of bed when a lot of people won't get out of bed. And so, yeah, I would say that... Um, changing those thoughts around that and shifting them more into gratitude and joy I was so joyful I didn't race but I was so joyful to see people racing like to at one point on the run there was this guy running and he's just had this kind of like I'm gonna die face on and I said uh I said remember how grateful we all are to be here and he just said thank you like I needed to remember that I I forgot that, you know, um, and I felt a hot, like just a heightened level of joy and gratitude um, from everyone. And I think the volunteers deserved a mm-hmm. hundred times more thank yous because oh, they're definitely. standing out there yep. in 95 degree heat with masks on. But I agree. I think Ironman, they, they took the white glove over COVID and they covered everything. I think they, they did, did an excellent job.
0: I agree. Yeah.
1: Um, so you're doing all of this. I mean it's just so crazy. You're doing all of this as a plant-based athlete.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, the the two kind of went hand in hand for me. I I found fitness and at the same time um yeah, the reason the reason I ended up going plant-based was because in my surgery for my ankle, uh the doctor came out and he said, I was 30 at the time, and he said, "You know, for someone your age and in relatively good health uh your bones are really soft and i thought what you know you know i thought it was a healthy person i thought i was like how is this possible um so it just led me to uh, go down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out what what is health there's obviously this you know general idea about what health is but I thought I want to know what health is truly from the inside out what makes I thought I was healthy um how how can I truly be my healthiest self from the inside out
1: that's I, I like that's an interesting um entrance into it what did your nutrition look like prior to that because everyone um, thinks you need to drink milk and and eat dairy to have strong bones.
0: I did. Yeah, and that's that's the culture that we were raised that's how our parents were raised, that's how we were raised and it's just something that you it's a truth that you 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 have. Uh so yeah, I was I was actually was I vegetarian? I was vegetarian for a lot of years when I was younger. And then I went back to eating meat. And then, um, I think I was, I went back to being vegetarian, but I was definitely eating all the dairy. Um, uh, and I was drinking a lot more at the time, which I, I don't drink much anymore. <laughs> so just not, I wasn't taking care of myself truly. Now that I look back at it, I thought that I was, but I, I wasn't. So uh, yeah, I, I just more, the more I started learning about nutrition, the more doors opened and the more I saw and I thought, whoa, this is so different from what I thought and what we're being told uh so you you really have to do your own digging i found um and so uh yeah i got i went and got my fitness nutrition certification i did the cornell plant based uh nutrition certification and just i i was fascinated i was totally fascinated by nutrition i still am um and the more i learned about meat and dairy i just thought gosh, this, I don't know if this is really the right thing for me. And, um, I was having a lot of, uh, issues that I just thought were normal. And I think that's another thing that, um, we're just in the habit of thinking that all these things that are happening to us are normal. Like I had, um, I always had really bad skin. I had terrible acne as a kid. And even into adulthood, into that time when I was 30, I had, um, bad skin. Um, I was having GI problems, constipation, um, just, you know, all, all, con- uh, constant congestion. And there were things I thought, well, I'm like allergic to my cat or something. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like dairy, dairy, yeah. dairy. But I had no idea. Yeah. You know, yeah. nobody had ever told me that. And um, so I'm going down the rabbit hole. And I thought, well, I'm going to get a food allergy test, you know? And so it came back positive to not just cow dairy, but all dairy, sheeps and goat milk and everything. And I just, so that was like the, I was already thinking about doing it. And that was really the nail the coffin for me. Um, so I gave it a try and sure enough, I mean, just in a matter of weeks, I couldn't, I literally couldn't believe it. My skin was totally clear. Um, all the other issues had gone away. And so I was, I was just totally sold. And, um, it was, it was a bit more twofold than that, I guess, you know, when, when you start looking, you find a lot more <laughs> you find the more I learned about the meat industry and the dairy industry, you know you don't ever think we we know about the meat industry and we know that the way the animals are treated, um, but you don't think that it's the same in the dairy industry and when I found out that it's gosh it's almost worse, um, so that became just another reason I thought uh, this I, I just can't do this anymore yeah
2: did you did you stop cold? did you just stop having cheese and dairy like immediately and eggs and all that?
0: Pretty much. Uh, I would say it was a little bit of trial and error. So I, I meant to, but then man, like I wouldn't read a package. And then I was like, oh, dang it. There was, you know, some milk powder or something in there. So it was a little bit of a process. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much, that was pretty much it for me.
1: Um, were, were there some resources or documentaries that Were turning points for you that or that you would recommend for people to check out if they're curious?
0: Um, yeah, a a great one for me. And this isn't really like a a novel, but the uh, China study Mm -hmm. was just so informative. And I, I, that one sold me proteinaholic was a great story and book, um, Scott Jurek's books uh were really inspirational. Um I think more recently like game changers I thought it was really well done what the hell um I will tell you in total honesty I didn't make it through Earthlings. Um I made it 20 minutes and I was bawling my eyeballs out and I just had to t- I I couldn't do it.
1: No, um, you and me both I couldn't do it either.
0: Oh, I couldn't do it. Um Yeah, I think those were the big ones for me.
1: Yeah. So um, for recovery, let's talk about your recovery from Arizona. But both nutrition, like how did you recover? Start recovering that day because I've seen you already. Like you know, you were moving the next day, and so uh, I'm assuming you're in your co- you're coaching now with Ryan Bolton, mm-hmm. um, and we've had some of his athletes on uh, on the podcast, e- present athletes and athletes that he's worked with in the past. Um, yeah, how does your recovery look as a plant based? triathlete
0: um immediately i loved this race i don't know if you guys got a hold of the vegan burritos but they were awesome bj
1: what <laughs> I did are it. you kidding me i missed
2: it i missed the boat <laughs>
1: Vegan burrito. I thought the only place that had the the at, Santa Rosa Santa Rosa had, Rosa the, had the vegan, vegan paella. paella.
0: That was Gerard's. That was so good.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> Bj, had we known you then, Christine, you would have directed us to the vegan burritos. So you had a vegan burrito. Good for you.
0: I did. You know what was That's funny? I, I walked up to the table and the guys who were preparing them behind. I said I was standing there looking at the table and the guy said, "Are you looking for a vegan one?" And I said, "Why, well, yes, I am." I said, "How did?" you know he's like yeah usually the vegans walk up and stare at the table
1: <laughs> <laughs> or they just don't go to the table okay
0: now we know iron man is turning turning that's the tide that's amazing i love that is that is so
2: amazing i'm so bummed i missed it
0: Oh, yeah. Um, so I went for the vegan burrito because I had a bunch of black beans and stuff in there. So I just, I always, you don't really feel like eating afterwards, but um, I've made the mistake before where I'm like, oh, I feel great. I'm not going to eat anything. And pff, that that's the worst thing you can do. So I got my vegan burrito. Um, I made myself just drink a ton of electrolytes that day. I'm a pretty salty sweater. (laughs) So, um, if I don't replenish my electrolytes, especially on a hot day like that, I will feel really miserable. So, um, recovery. Um, I actually read an article recently that was talking about optimal recovery and they were actually saying that, um, a lot of people slam a bunch of protein all at once afterwards and that's actually your body actually is not able to absorb it all and they were saying that they've done all these studies that actually if you will eat um a smaller amount with protein every once every maybe 4 hours um so you're eating four times each each hour that that's actually better a better way for your body to absorb the nutrition and the protein. So that was kind of my philosophy. Um so just yeah, ate and drank immediately after. And then I just make myself throughout the rest of the day, even if I'm not hungry, I will make myself continue to drink the electrolytes and water and eat throughout the rest of the um evening. Uh yeah, I was feeling recovery was a little bit difficult even with those things in place. Um, I was a bit overheated um, for the rest of the day. And the next morning I actually didn't feel great, but, um, always a swim recovery swim the next morning kind of shakes things out a little bit. So yeah, I guess that's what recovery recovery looked like for this race.
1: Yeah. So active recovery, physically mm-hmm. active recovery, as opposed to just lying on the couch and
0: not yes. moving. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: What do you see in athletes when you're because you were, are you working or helping other athletes with their nutrition? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what do you see as a common thing with athletes in nutrition, like a common flaw or
0: uh, in, opportunity? In, yeah, opportunity. To, it's to, a good to be word. Be better. Underfueling mm-hmm. is the most common thing that I that I see. And ironically, I actually see it more in men than I do in women. Uh so yeah, I'll take a look at their breakfasts and they're about to go pound out a two hour, you know, bike ride with a brick run and they're eating an egg and a piece of toast and I'm just like mind blow like what? How are you gonna make it through your through your workout like that? So uh yeah, I, I would say the underfueling um, and maybe just not even just under fueling for workouts, but not eating enough throughout the day, um, is probably the biggest thing that I see.
2: Do they have a, do they have a rationale for it, uh, or some sort of mindset belief that they are adequately fueled and that just haven't really accounted for, for what they're taking in or they just, they just don't know clearly how much uh, they're consuming.
0: I th- I think part of it, I don't think it's that they don't know what they're consuming. I think actually it's a fear of gaining weight Mm. um, is the biggest thing that I hear. Uh, Because we do, we do have to eat a lot. And there are a lot of people coming over to triathlon from other sports, or actually I've worked with a couple of people that have come over from bodybuilding and it's a totally different mentality. Um, and so I'm always trying to tell them, you have to eat to feel your workouts, you have to eat to feel recovery, you have to feel your body, um, or you're never going to achieve everything that you can. So um, some of them, yeah, they just don't understand, like, I'm burning 3000 calories on this bike ride. And They just don't think that a peanut butter and jelly and a couple of gels, they're like, oh, that's fine. (laughs) So there's definitely that. (laughs) Yeah. So what is a,
1: so let's, let's talk about you, like as somebody who's well-versed in nutrition, who is competing at the top of their age group at this 70.3 distance, what is a a day for you look like for nutrition um, and your workouts? Like, what does that all look like?
0: Yeah. Okay. So every morning I have a pretty big breakfast. Uh, lately, it's been probably like three pieces of toast, nut butter, fruit, uh, and coffee. So something really hearty that's going to get me through my first workout. So it's usually I like to do the harder ones up front just to get them over with. So um, it's probably like a two two hour bike or or a hard run or something. Um, so then. Um, And then are you taking
1: in calories during the workout too? It depends. Um,
0: If it's over an hour and a half, yes. I will usually on the backside have just like a little something to get me through or have – like I use Infinite products and they have – I can create a blend of electrolytes that does have, you know, like maybe 50 calories or 100 calories in it um, just to sort of supplement that. So it kind of depends on the intensity in the workout. Uh, But then after that – so I would say I eat like – <laughs> two times also i'll have second breakfast as i call it after that so that's more protein uh based but carbs and protein uh and then i'll have lunch and then some days i'll lift weights in the afternoon um and then i'll have i guess mid-afternoon snack meal i don't know i don't really call them meals or snacks because they're all kind of the same size they're just and what
1: what do they look like? What, what does second breakfast look like? What does lunch um, look like typically? What are some second, of your favorites?
0: Second breakfast might be I like protein. I'll put protein, vegan protein in my oatmeal. So I might have oatmeal after that with uh some more fruit and uh protein or a protein smoothie. Um so that's some those are some things I would eat for second breakfast or um yeah, or like banana on toast or something. Mm-hmm. Um, then lunch is pretty hearty. Usually grains, greens, uh, maybe some tofu or something, pasta, um, some pasta and vegetables, something like that. Um, it kind of depends also on what I'm doing for the rest of the day. So, and I think that's something that people, I like, I'm always thinking, what am I doing for the rest of the day? And what kind of fuel do I need? Um, So then mid afternoon, if I, so say I was to have uh, a long swim, a hard swim, or like some days I'll do a bike and then a hard run in the evening, I would do maybe like, um, cashew yogurt with some granola. So something that's, you know, a bit more sugary, more carbs. Um, but that's really gonna fuel me for this hard effort that I have coming up. Um, if it's Uh, If I don't have a harder day, then maybe something lighter, like a salad with uh, – or like avocado toast or um, something like that. Uh, And then dinner – um, I don't know, dinner's always always different, but it's always hearty. <laughs> I know that. Like, uh, um, I'm a big fan of Green Chef, which is one of those meal prep kits. Um, they're USDA and they're organic, and I'm totally obsessed with them, so that kinda helps. Um, so dinner's I don't know, just a bigger version of lunch. Grains, um, greens, vegetables, some sort of protein. Um, yeah, you're
1: eating a lot. You're taking in I a lot of calories. That's awesome. And that's what we need to be doing.
0: We do. And it's, um, uh, gosh, I talk to so many people about this and just always try to be sharing what I'm eating and just saying, look, like I'm eating a ton. And I'm a small person. And that's the point that I make um, to a lot of people. I say, look, I'm eating this much. Like, just think you're a foot taller than me. You weigh 50 more pounds than me. Think about like literally how much you, you have to be eating as endurance athletes. Yeah.
2: How does hydration play into all that? Like, how much do you consume? Do, would you guesstimate? We, we've had a we've had a team challenge where we're like trying to <laughs> get people to drink, and I think the minimum was eighty ounces last month of of, of liquid. So, tea, a sports drink, and water. So, and a lot of people realized they weren't drinking enough. So, how does it play into your 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 daily um, nutrition?
0: I don't really have a goal in mind. Uh, I definitely just, I always have, uh, fluids during workouts, swim too. I think a lot of people forget about that. You have to still, you're still sweating in the pool. So feel, uh, or have your hydration there. Um, this is kind of gross, but I kind of just keep an eye on my urine. Um, and if it's clear to light yellow, I'm doing a good job and, If it's not, I need to drink more. (laughs) So honestly, I don't know. I couldn't, I don't think I could give you an answer.
1: Yeah. but I mean, I think that that's, you're, you're letting your body tell you, mm -hmm. right? Like it doesn't need to be, doesn't need to be more complicated than that. Um, but that, that in and of itself, whether it's watching your urine or doing a team challenge, like it's bringing awareness to it. And that's, that's the most important thing that you're aware of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Awesome what what's next yeah what's next
2: where's the next is there another race
1: well we know what's next uh uh,
0: yeah i have um i had a deferral and i chose texas 70.3 so that's what's next yeah so that's the weekend before thanksgiving um yeah i'm also I like go I've never admitted this or said this out loud to, out loud to anybody <laughs> but my husband but I'm actually doing my Ironman certification right now and I signed up to do the USAT certification so I'm I don't know I'm thinking like maybe I'll go down the coaching career path so I love it that's yeah, amazing. Maybe, you could offer
1: so much like with your nutrition yeah. and everything that's amazing
0: Maybe that's it I don't know I'm going to hold on to them and just uh, yeah I feel like I need to educate myself more but um Maybe that's next. I
1: don't yeah, know. maybe. Just keep following the breadcrumbs. Yeah. That's awesome. Have you done – you haven't done Galveston before? No. Mm-mm. We got some intel from our friend who has done it. And what did she say, BJ?
2: It's awesome. I mean, the bike – nothing like Arizona. So it's like – it's out one way and then back the other way, just straight. No stop signs, no turns, nothing.
0: And it's flat, right? And it's flat. Like, yeah. super flat. And she yeah. loved
2: the swim. She said the swim was awesome in the bay there. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, to put the hammer down. Yeah. Throw it w- down. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see if BJ's going to yeah, be there. May be there. Be there. Ooh, yeah, maybe Who knows? yeah. And how do people follow you? How do they get a hold of you? What if they want to work with you for nutrition? How do they do that?
0: Yeah, so they can find me, the place I'm most active is on Instagram, and they can find me at christine.m.warren. I also have a website, uh, cmwsbr.com. I've got my blog up on there and kind of just more about my story and my race schedule. And, um, yeah, I do my nutrition through Mana Endurance, so they can find them online as well. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah, Awesome.
1: Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our chat and I appreciate you sharing so much. And we always love it when people share things that they've never told anybody before. So (laughs) we will be seeing your coaching enterprise, uh, I'm sure, in some time in the future. But you're amazing. Congratulations on an incredible race in Arizona. And uh, you've got a lot more uh, coming your way.
0: Thank you guys so much for the opportunity. Yeah, it was great speaking with you. And um, funny how life threw us together. Last I know. Weekend.
1: I know. Yeah, we put the, we put this together, girl.
0: We this. <laughs> yes. <laughs>